Gosh, Dave, uh, how many hours have we been broadcasting now? Uh, that concluded our sixth hour, and so we're into our seventh hour of broadcasting. Seven hours already. Yeah. So. Wow. You know, and I've loved every bit of content so far. We've had uh, amazing people with, uh, you know, a, a different breadth of experience or ideas. And it's really interesting uh, now being in Australia and New Zealand. I've seen some of the similarities, but yet some of the, the differences uh, when it comes to podcasting, I'm finding that uh, so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you we're talking time frames. I mean, we're talking 20, 15, 10 hours apart, you know, in time. But when you look at the podcasting community and building an audience and building a niche and generating profit from your podcast, a lot of these things are are ubiquitous. You know, it, it applies to you. It applies to me. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed what Cameron Riley had to say, you know, about creating something that stands out, something that's unique. And, um, yeah, it was it was great to have, and Daniel's coming in right here. So it was it was a uh, so far it's been a fantastic uh, sixth going on seventh hour of broadcasting, and yeah, thank you to everyone in the chat. I see that we're almost to one thousand viewers for this six at uh, seven hours. So appreciate everybody that has shared and tweeted. Uh, make sure you're using hashtag podcast day on, on Twitter and spread the word. So far, so good. So my question right now is, uh, Daniel's online, and welcome back, Daniel. I know it's very late where you are, and you don't have your contacts in, so can you see this? <laughs> I, I did go ahead and put them in, so yes, uh, I see that ugly expression. <laughs> oh, then that's because I cut my chin today. <laughs> he was so anxious so, uh, and, and nervous about podcasting that he actually had the shakes and he and he cut his chin. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, what a, a great uh, event! And uh, just as a real brief, uh, hang on, here's uh, here's one of our good friends. Oh, he's from his Todd. car. Todd, from your car? Perfect. And I'm in my car. I'm at soccer practice. Hi, guys. After all the bull awesome. crap you gave me in my in that email the other night, come on. I'm, because my, I'm using my iPad. It's six six p.m. where you're at, right? Or is it five? It's six. It's six o'clock. Six. Okay. Cool. But I'll be back here about twenty four hours from now, and we'll see how you guys are doing. We will, and I'll send you a note uh, tomorrow morning, Todd, on what I think you and I can talk about, or whoever else is with us. And I'm sure you have plenty of ideas because you are Geek News Central. Yeah, I've got a whole agenda, so I'm uh, I'm ready. Good. Looking forward to it. And uh, that'll also be the finale, which will complete like 32 hours uh, of this stream. And uh, it's really been great so far, Todd. And uh, everybody's just been uh, so great. We've had amazing content uh, from many countries already. And uh, it's just been a blast. And for those that were not at our kickoff stream, just let me recap just very quickly and we'll get to some 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 other content. Podcast day is your day. And I don't care if you're a podcaster, if you're a listener. Or if you've never heard of one, Podcast Day is about you. And International Podcast Day is about reach. It's about touch. It's about getting the word out about our art and craft and to get people involved with what we're doing. And I think that's a part of what makes it so much fun. So we certainly want everybody to enjoy uh, the content that we have. Make sure you use hashtag podcast day. Right now, we're not trending number one. Uh, National Coffee Day has us beat right now. But tomorrow is another story. So I'm really looking forward to it. Todd, you got any words of wisdom for us? This is just kind of be an open session and we'll let people in and out for Q&A and see how this hour goes. So are you guys actually going to stay up the whole time? Oh, I'm not. I'm too old for that crap. <laughs> there's there's an attempt, but I highly doubt that. I think Steve's going to go on. I'm going to be on first watch. He's going to be on second watch and we'll we'll figure it out well, as we go. But well, I, I think we... I, I quit doing the 24-hour thing. It, just, it was a killer. So uh, I'm like to see how you guys are going to be looking uh, 
basically tomorrow after, you know, 24 more hours of this. So it'll be a lot of fun. But uh, as far as words of wisdom, you know, I, you know, I know there's about 50 people on the stream. Remember your community. It's all about your community of listeners. It's your family. It's the folks that you want to always connect with. And don't ever, don't ever let your family down, your family of listeners. It's so important that that part of the whole podcasting space. Keith, that's one of the cornerstones or the pillars, perhaps, of, of what we've been trying to do uh, uh, you know, through this venue. You know, if it's not for the listeners and communication with those, you have nothing. You have no product. You have no podcast. And you have no will to uh, really proceed anymore. I know, Daniel, you're you're involved a lot with your various communities and whatnot. And would you not agree that that's really a cornerstone of what we're doing? Yeah, because it, it, we're all in this together and we're all passionate about this stuff. And when you have multiple passionate people communicating together, you start to bond in awesome ways. You know, how do relationships start? Great friendships. You find similarities. You bond over things. And it's like, you like that too? Well, me too. And me too. And and uh, that's what we get in the community of podcasting. Yeah. I mean, I can just speak from personal experience, both from our podcast network and uh, and also just from here from the podcast day community. Because yeah, we can tweet about it, but that making that connection, one-on-one connection, tweeting back and forth, talking to them on Facebook, meeting them in person, whether it's podcast movement or new media expo, that's really why podcast day is successful. It's not necessarily anything that I've done or that Steve's done or the team's done. It's as you mentioned, Daniel, the community and you, Todd, that it's really the community that has really embraced it and i've i've been a part of a number of communities whether it be sports related uh work related or anything like that but when it comes to the podcasting community i don't think there's anything that compares at least personally i get so much value and so much appreciation from everybody that's that's around here i i I just i just love it it's a fantastic uh community to be around and and thanks to them for making podcast day what it is and and also making our networks and our shows exactly what they are you know when it comes to you know, you talk about making networks what they are, but, you know, the audience is a big part of that equation and keeping us motivated and doing content. But at the same time, what we put into our shows and uh, the heart and soul is really what keeps those folks coming back. And that's what it's really all about is content, content, content. And if you don't create great content there, the audience is not going to hang with you. So never forget that. That's the most important thing. Daniel, you falling asleep or you already sleeping? <laughs> no, I am. Uh, I'm watching the numbers coming in for the International Podcast Day Gratitude Award. Let's it's talk processing. about Yeah, let's talk let's about talk. that. I think I saw uh, Rob Greenlee uh, in the chat room. If you want to join us, Rob, you're more than welcome. Uh, Jason, I see you out there. Anybody's uh, welcome. We'll unlock this seat here. During New Media Expo, after quite a few sessions were going on and we started considering there are awards within the podcasting space, but there's something special about podcasts. And I have dogs barking and I apologize. And maybe it's my wife. I don't know. But to me, podcasts change lives. And it's kind of interesting how that does. And because as a listener, I become attached to a show. I want to totally consume it. And they teach me or I become empowered by something, or it's affected me in some way that has changed my life. And I think that's very important and critical when it comes to the aspect of podcasting. So when I was at New New Media Expo, I talked to Daniel and I threw this around. And so we came up with this idea of the International Podcast Day Gratitude. And it's, it's to pay a little respect and honor back to a podcast that has had a great engagement and response from his community. So Daniel and I worked down this road and 
Daniel, if you want to take it from here, we integrated one of your products into this, and this is kind of how the system is working. Yeah, I have a product and service called My Podcast Reviews at mypodcastreviews.com. I'll drop that link in the chat room. This is a service that goes out and checks all 155 countries with iTunes stores for your international podcast reviews. And it's also the only service like its kind that checks Stitcher reviews for you as well. And uh, the reason for doing that service, for one thing, is that it takes at least half an hour for you to manually change between all 155 iTunes stores. That's doing it as quickly as possible that I timed myself doing it. Uh, But this service does it within minutes and it does it automatically for you. And iTunes reviews are a great way that listeners can really publicly express their gratitude for a podcast because the podcast review is what some other people uh, read to decide whether they should listen to that podcast or whether that podcast has merit or they'll look at multiple podcasts and maybe see, well, this one has 500 reviews. This one has two. Maybe I'll go with the one that everyone else seems to like. Or they'll see that, well, this podcast isn't rated very well, or this podcast has some awesome reviews. But the reviews, there's something special about not only being thanked by your audience directly, but being thanked publicly when your audience is saying something wonderful about you in front of other people, expressing that level of gratitude. So we created my podcast, uh, or we created the Gratitude Award to... Uh, basically score that, assign a a total score to this in a way that makes it really fair for people with small audiences as well as people with large audiences. And in particular, we're looking for those things where your audience has indicated how your podcast has impacted their life, uh, what kind of change your podcast has made on their life. And you can find all kinds of things like Steve was mentioning and like other stories that we've heard here that some people will say, podcasts literally saved my life or literally changed my life or my day would be horrible if it wasn't for the podcast that I can listen to while I'm in my dead end job that I can't have any other option or whatever thing it is. Or if you, like me, hate mowing the yard or shoveling snow, podcasts make that bearable and I actually partially look forward to doing those horrible tasks. I know, first world problems. But I look forward to it because that's the only time I let myself listen to some of those podcasts I enjoy. And so the Gratitude Award is putting a a score on this and it will award the podcaster who has their audience, has inspired their audience to take enough action to express that gratitude through podcast reviews and iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, Well stated. And the award is going to be presented on this live stream tomorrow at, was it 4 p.m. Pacific time? Yeah, 4 p.m. Yep. 4 p.m. Pacific time. We'll, We'll announce the winner of that gratitude award. And I tell you, for me, this is really going to be the highlight of the entire International Podcast Day season because There's nothing better than providing reward for something well-deserved and well-earned. I do want to um, uh, go through our sponsors real quick because I believe actually two of them are in the chat room right now. So, Dave, would you mind going through those for me real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Let me uh, pull up my Google Drive because I don't want to be misquoted here. We've got an open seat here. Uh, Please come on in. Uh, 
Yeah, I know Jason was talking about uh, Jason Bryant was going to get on in here in you a know, second. Yeah, I think, he's, I think he was doing some editing. He's doing like five editing shows or something at, at a know, time. You know, it's funny, so. Jason, no matter what stream or live broadcast I ever watch, he's the first one to pop in. <laughs> right? He's always there. Jason's everywhere, yeah. So, yeah, as we were talking about sponsors, Steve, um, fantastic sponsors this year. International Podcast Day would like to thank, first of all, our platinum sponsor, Podcasters Paradise. Uh, we also have gold sponsors, Appendipity and Spreaker. We also have silver sponsors, Simple Podcast Press, Ringer, and Scatter Radio. And, of course, without their support, International Podcast Day would not be possible. So make sure you guys go over to internationalpodcastday.com slash supporters. You can find all the information out from... Um, our platinum, gold, silver, and our bronze sponsors. And also make sure you look for the special discount codes from these sponsors. There's a lot of great discounts that they're going to be offering. So thank you to each and every one of those. As well as part of that uh, sponsorship, they will be on our live stream throughout. Uh, I think it starts at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time tomorrow. We run for four straight hours. So if you're interested in what Podcasters Paradise is about, if you're interested with Spreaker, Appendipity, any of those things, make sure you come back and check the event page over at internationalpodcastday.com slash events and tune in because those are some great services. There's a lot of things that podcasters can get from that. Uh, if you're maybe looking for some updates uh, to your website, uh, maybe some other options uh, for you, definitely check it out. So yeah, thank you to each and every one of our sponsors. The, the day truly could not have been uh, completed without you. And of course, thank you to Blab as our official streaming partner for the 30 plus hours of podcast day streaming. And Jason is in the uh, chat room, and I want to say thank you to Jason since he's here. He's a bronze sponsor uh, with Matt Talk Online, and buddy, we sure appreciate it, and we love all, everything that you're doing. So click that open seat and come on in and talk to us, because I know you're always full of something. <laughs> but uh, so what I think we're going to do probably for the, you know, about the next uh, 40, 45 minutes is have some general, I don't really like Q&A but let's talk some podcasting. Let's get, let's get down into the dirt. So if you've got some uh, questions, you can post them in. You can join us here on the stream, and we'll see what you can do about it. Uh, we have one of the best educational podcasters here, um, Daniel, that can assist. Let's see where we go from here. If you have a question, please put it in the chat room, and uh, we'll get going with you. Daniel, I think you watched um, the one from Australia on um, monetization. A little Did bit, you watch yeah. That? He was giving out. Some great value. That, that was a very, very interesting uh, discussion. It was a solo discussion and uh, various uh, uh, things that they have tried and, and what they're doing in terms of monetization. But I think that the presentation model that he had in, in describing those was just really super. And uh, I one of the best uh, streams I've, I've listened to so far. Yeah, well, we've got a lot more coming, which is really exciting. Uh, now, we haven't talked much about what you're doing with your podcast. You've got Modern Life Network now. And um, how does podcasting fit in with what you're doing? In terms of my life? Yeah. And like, let me put it this way. Is podcasting for you a business or is it supporting a business or is it simply a passion? Where are you in the podcasting fit? That's a very good question. I'm not sure I've actually openly discuss this um, anywhere, to be honest with you. Most of you probably know me from another network, and we we currently rebranded to the Modern Life Podcast Network. And uh, we have shows in uh, tech, history, sports, social media, podcasting, women's issues, some things like that. 
you know, I think for some networks, and especially mine, Daniel, is that um, as a part of nutrition, they seem to, to, to start to expand and grow. And originally, it was no big deal to to manage and handle it. I actually own also three other companies that keep me quite busy. And I just turned 60 a couple of weeks ago. So I'm, I'm considering selling my companies and retiring, to be real honest with you. And then actually just work the network full time. I've been using the network as a supporting mechanism to be honest with you, as a write-off from my other companies. <laughs> That's how I monetized it, right? It comes off, off off my tax. But I think where I want to go with it is uh, uh, certainly retire and start uh, producing the, cl- the content that has a direct impact to how we're living today. Because I think there's a lot of need and, and there's confusion out there when it comes to living in the modern era. And I think we could come up with a lot of topics that certainly deduce that uh, that thought process. One of the things that I think I'm most interested in is not really being too wide in the wings, but start developing content that's more specific uh, to what our new brand is. And uh, we're going to have to work through that. So hopefully, probably mid next year. Um, I'll jump in uh, full time. And even though I'm a social media snob, I guess I'm going to have to get involved because I'm going to start doing the tweeting and crap like that. Yeah, I, I, I can't do everything for you, Steve, <laughs> as far as the tweeting and posting. Come on, I, I send you a paycheck once a month. Uh, pennies, that's all right. Yeah, no, but it's, 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 a, it's a cool ride that Steve and I have been through. Him and I started uh, with our tech show, The Waves of Tech, back in 2008, I believe. And it just started as, as three family members getting together and talking about tech. And it's grown into something much larger than I, at least I expected. And I probably know that Steve expected as well. It's just it's it's impressive to see where this space has gone, where the industry has gone, and what sort of infrastructure is needed in the background. That if you're a podcaster, you realize, but if you're just you know the average day listener, you know it, it takes a lot to keep our our networks and our podcasts going. You know there, there's a lot of work, there's a lot of equipment, a lot of those things, and that's not that's not to say that anyone else's work is is doesn't take as much, but you know it's there's a lot of things in the background to make a podcast and a network successful. And I think we've done that pretty well on our side. And I'm just happy to be a small fraction of what's going on over at Modern Life Podcast Network, you know, ex- especially with the inclusion of Podcast Day into what we've been doing over there. It's it's just something that we can continue to build on. And I think one of the beautiful things about podcasting is that you can learn something new every podcast you listen to. Like you listen to your show, Daniel, listen to Ray Ortega's, uh, you listen to podcasters, group therapy, whatever it may be, you're going to pick up something new that you can improve your process, maybe make something more efficient, something more streamlined. That's the beauty of this craft is we're always improving. We're always trying to figure out ways to do things, maybe maybe a little bit more efficiently, a little bit cheaper, uh, quickly, whatever it may be. So it's, it's, it's just a very interesting realm in which we live in. And uh, there's, there's a bunch of help out there to help us improve our, our shows. It's 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 been a great ride for seven years at least for myself and you know podcasting really has taken over my life as as far as you know the day in day out and the management of the podcast day and through our our own podcast and you know you just you just sit back even I have I have the regular eight to five and you just continue to sit back and think about podcasting when you're there you know it's like oh that's a great topic I want to talk about that on Monday night let me jot it down and sometimes you forget about it sometimes you you actually take that note down uh, but it, but it's on my mind a lot and it and it consumes a lot of my time, but it's also a passion of mine. I love to connect with the community and love to talk about tech and different things like that. So I'll probably stop blabbing here. And so I know there's a bunch of questions going on in the uh, 
in the uh, spa- in the in the blab here, so we could probably get to some of those as well. Let, let me address one of the questions in the chat room. I think it's very interesting and worthy of discussion from uh, Four Seas One Family. To a, to a degree, a lot of people see as podcasting from North America and Europe. And how do I expand and get that word out you know, within the Asian market? And when we were developing the schedule for International Podcast Day, we actually did not find any podcasters. Well, there were a few that that did not want to get on as a part of this. And Asia was an interesting place that uh, we had most difficulty. Now, I don't know if it's a a language barrier or what what not, but guys, what kind of suggestions would you have within countries that have Perhaps, you know, the smaller numbers of people that listen to podcasts, how would you go about raising the pole or the flag, I should say, in in those countries to uh, raise the awareness of podcasts? Well, it's the same thing that we have here in the USA. It's just they're at more the grassroots of this. They're at the starting point for getting people interested in podcasting. I know, um, depending on the specific Asian region, and he says he's uh, in Taiwan and China, some of over there, the tech is more advanced over there and more mobile over there than it is over here. So uh, you you have to look at the same basic thing is how can you get someone to use the device they already have to consume content that they might not know is freely available? There are certain factors I know with firewalls and the way the internet is filtered in some of the Asian countries. And for that, you would have a little bit of a challenge to work around. But the most important thing really is communicate the value to someone and then you show them how you get it. Well, Jason, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, thank you for being a brown, brown sponsor. I almost said brown sponsor. Actually, I did say brown sponsor, but it's going to be a long stinking night. You Can know, you smell me through the screen? I mean, geez, come on. <laughs> it's it's going to be a long stinking night. That's, that's you, a, you, that's you, a you great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got props for that one. But, you know, I think we can take that same question in, in Daniel's response there and still apply that same knowledge, that same thought process uh, to what perhaps you're doing in the U.S. And I know you've built, a, a, I'm going to call it quite an enterprise when it comes to wrestling with, with your stuff. How have you found the best way to disseminate and get more people involved that perhaps haven't been involved with podcasting in the past? That's pretty much everybody that I'm dealing with in the sport of wrestling because a lot of us are, we're not slowly adopting technology but when when we look at the big push in social media especially with these individual wrestling programs everything's about branding everything's about marketing uh you know every school now every wrestling program every athletic team at these schools have you know at at old dominion my alma mater it's at odu basketball odu football odu wrestling everything's branding and they're, they're putting out their messages it's not so tight whereas the sports information director in the past used to be the gatekeeper for everything now teams have a lot more uh and this is all over college athletics and professional sports especially that there's a lot more freedom with with the message so what i've seen with my my community is yeah we were a little slow to adopt twitter and and i know some friends were even saying ah this twitter thing won't be around in two years when when i think it was either jay bear or peter shankman spoke at our olympic public relations conference a couple years ago when i was still working at usa wrestling is that you know the having these teams adopt this stuff makes podcasting 
a lot more relevant to them because they're saying, okay, this is another social media. They're treating podcasting as social media when, uh, you know, we, we know it's more of, of an actual medium versus a social media thing. Granted, they're the entry, the, the ties between social media and, and podcasting are, are basically all throughout. I mean, obviously, uh, Daniel knows this from everything he does with, I mean, when he puts a tweet out live that he's going uh, live on Monday at, uh, I guess, 2 p.m. Eastern, it's one here. Uh, boom. I mean, if, if, you know, I've got, I used to set an alert for my calendar, but like, wait a minute, I've got my tw- tweet deck open on this screen over here. So, uh, you know, if it's not social media is when I jumped in, John Buchanan's had a blab earlier, uh, you know, social media, boom, boom, boom. So uh, that's what we're talking here. But with, with college wrestling, it's like they're integrating it. And now I'm seeing more teams. I got four more, sh- more teams interested just this week in, in the product that I put out. So my biggest thing to get to your original question, this is a long answer to a short question is that, they're embracing it because when I started uh, short time about two years ago, and I'd had shows back in 2008, 2009, but when I really started short time, there was maybe one or two podcasts about there, and none of them were really marketed well. Like there's one I think that's been around since 2006 called Mad Slammers, and I had to find that by searching the Libsyn directory, and I realized, wow, this show's actually been around since 2006. I'd never heard of it. Now uh, everything I'm doing is getting a tweet. I'm not Twitter bombing by any means, but when I put out a show for Old Dominion or Virginia Tech or any of my clients, I'm tagging them in it, then they're doing their own social thing with it, and then their fans are getting it. So um, it's being able to educate people uh, on what a podcast is has been the first hurdle. And then once they realize that this little device that they have, their little iPhone has the podcast app, it's a lot easier for them to start listening. And uh, and you were talking a little bit about international stuff. Is uh, I learned at, at the World Championships, and I mentioned this on uh, Dave Jackson's show, I will be on the School of Podcasting in a couple of weeks, is that uh, when I was at the World Championships in Las Vegas earlier this month, um, a guy I know from Mexico, he's part of the International uh, Network of Wrestling Researchers, and these are people who analyze techniques and moves and what are the highest percentage scoring are. They go to rule changes and such, and he's learning English. And he, he pulled up, he says, uh, my, last time I talked to him was in Budapest in 2013, and his English was really spotty. This year, I'm sitting down, I'm talking to him with a dinner one night. He's like, uh, my English gets better. Uh, pardon me for my bad, you know, the xenophobic accent. But it's like uh, English, and he, he pulled up the podcast app, and he pulled up one of my shows. It wasn't short time. It was a World Wrestling Resource show. And he goes, I, I'm, he's learning wrestling terminology in English based on one of my shows. And it's like, dude. I mean, it's just, it was one of those, like, because of my podcast, I was like, I almost called Dave Jackson right then and there, but oh, hold on a second. My little Marco Rubio uh, moment there, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's being able to, I, you know, I get so scatterbrained with the question. What was the question But the international thing? I don't know how to market stuff internationally because most of my stuff is all you it's us college wrestling is a lot different than the international side so uh that show that i was talking about the world wrestling resource that has coaches that coach freestyle and greco the international styles there we've got world medalists and world champions as a part of that show and whereas if a guy named dennis hall is on that show with me he he's from Plo, uh, like plover wisconsin just outside of stevens point i think that's the town he'll walk down the street and people might go oh there's dennis hall we're in a hotel in istanbul in 2011 at the world championships. We're just sitting there hanging out. And the guy walks up and goes, Dennis Hall, world champion USA. And it's like, he was, I mean, he got swarmed. It's like, well, I guess there is an international market for some of this stuff, but uh, you know, that, that show internationally has got the biggest reach for me. And I'm not real. I don't know how to market it uh, internationally. Cause you know, those fans follow me a little bit, but um, international sides really where I haven't given a whole lot of thought. It's just, it's uh, as Daniel would say, it's kind of evolved versus uh, been created. 
I think to an extent to kind of bounce off everybody's idea here, it's almost like that snowball effect. You know, it's, it seems like Jason with yours, you had a couple colleges, uh, Old Dominion and some of the other ones that kind of got on board. All right. So you were able to use that as leverage towards other programs, you know, and so you start to build a clientele and you start to say, okay, the athletic directors get involved, the social media clients are getting involved. You're doing what you do. You do what I do. And it seems like this just giant snowball effect. And now, Jason, you can brag and you can go to these other schools and say, hey, I got X amount of schools, X amount of programs on the roster. You should be doing the same thing. And I think you can apply that to the international market. I mean, coming up later uh, during podcast day, we're going to be talking about the awakening of podcasting both in Spain and in Argentina. And I think that's exactly what kind of what happened here in the States is you get you get some momentum. You start to have, you know, diff- different events like this and different conferences and people start to connect with podcasting in a very personal way. And then it just, it snowballs and it snowballs and it keeps going. And all of a sudden what you started is maybe four or five podcasts in Spain or Argentina, wherever it may be, all of a sudden it turns into a great network in 15, 20. And all of a sudden you're having meetups and all those things. Cause I know those things are going on internationally and, uh, it's, it's, it's just an impressive movement that we've been seeing. And, and yeah, personally, maybe I wasn't able to get in contact with some people in certain regions, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist and it's not a very popular medium, you know? So uh, I think it's just a matter of leveraging, snowballing, and uh, it, events like this where you, you just you evangelize podcasting and you tell everybody you know. Uh, during our kickoff, I told someone moved into a cubicle two days ago. I bombed him with International Podcast Day this morning. You know, I'm like, hey, let me see your phone. He's like, hey, what is a podcast? And so I think that's exactly how uh, to kind of round out the whole conversation, Steve, is how you get the markets and uh, both domestically and internationally to, to be a part of this conversation. So uh, let me switch gears here for just a second. I want to talk about home, uh, Geek Home What's this? Uh, Geek Home World's uh, question about the term podcast. Now, Let me tell you Steve's perspective. We are podcasters that produce podcasts, that distribute podcasts to podcast listeners. That's the end of my discussion about it. I'm a broadcaster who does podcasts because I'm a broadcast. I consider myself a broadcaster because I do radio and television and and online video and and streaming and stuff like that. I've been a broadcaster for you know 20 plus years. So the fact that I'm putting out podcasts, I mean, now in my Twitter handle, now I've even changed it to you know. journalist, broadcaster, and, you know, podcaster. It's like I'm not combining the two. I I think there's a clear separation uh, in some ways, but in in some ways there's not because I handle my shows uh, because I've been doing radio since I was in high school. I handle my shows exactly the same way I would handle a radio show, uh, minus the timing and the commercial breaks and things like that. So um, I think, you know, for me as a broadcaster breaking into podcasting a couple years ago, uh, it was a seamless transition. So I have no problem saying that I'm a broadcaster. And it was like, oh, what do you do? Well, I have a couple shows and, you know, well, what are what are they on? Well, they're, they're podcasts and it doesn't stifle the conversation. So I have no problem with either term. The product itself, what I put out is a podcast. It's uh, what do I do? Well, I'm not Internet broadcasting because the term broadcast, a lot of our shows are, are done in post. I mean, Daniel does his show live. Um, so he could conceivably say, yes, that's technically, you know, online broadcasting while he does that particular 20, 30, 40 minutes, depending on if he's got the real Brian or not, where he goes an hour and a half. But, uh, you know, what at the end of the day, that product is a podcast. And so I don't have I, I'm, I'm in I don't have a problem with the word podcast. I don't have a problem with being, you know, I, I do an online radio show or I do. You know, I have no problem with that. Um, you know, I think there's the you know, it's funny, funny uh 
David Stevens, we're t- you know, the name of the Modern Life Network is no longer what it was. Uh, was is that kind of part of that question and the terminology here? You raise a good point in terms of t- terminology, and I think you can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. But I think the product it, it, there's no rule book, right, Daniel? You're, well, I mean, there, you're, you're <laughs> you, well, there there is a definition to what a podcast is, but what right. do you call yourself? I think you're slightly limiting yourself if you call yourself a podcaster, because that is the same way as uh, saying I'm a book author or a book writer. Well, do you only write books? Do you write other stuff too? You're an author or you're a writer, not only a book writer. So podcasting is one method of distribution. So don't think of yourself as only a podcaster. This I did the uh, opening keynote for podcast Midwest earlier this year. And my closing line was, we are more than podcasters. We are creators. We shape the future. And that's what we need to look at is we are creating content and it's more than a podcast. Prop bombs. <laughs> we are or is it that creating community. We're creating relationships. We're creating content. We're creating audio or video shows. We're creating blog posts often with the show notes for our podcast episodes. So in a way we're writing as well, depending on how you do your show notes. So it's more than only an audio or video file distributed via RSS via uh, the enclosure tag, but we're creating something here much more than that. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about that too, because uh, I was in a unique situation. This kind of goes back to what you guys were talking about, what podcasting means to you is uh, this really has become a real pa- It's not just become a business because it has, but it's, it's, I wouldn't be able to, to, to do this business if I wasn't passionate first about my content, because I, I, I love the sport of wrestling. I love the people in it. I mean, it's, it's my second family, but the fact that there's an opportunity for me to not, you know, I don't have to worry about getting, you know, working for the man or, uh, you know, working, I've worked for a couple different wrestling organizations where I'm my work, uh, at the end of the day, no matter what it, it, you know, somebody else signs the check. Now I'm my own boss. I determine things, but being able, being a content creator and being able to speak my voice about the sport of wrestling and then have that delivered in a way that's conducive to my skill set. It, it's just, I'm truly passionate about this medium because, you know, my wife, jokingly says can we go one day without you mentioning wrestling and podcasting they're not wrestling and then oh i do podcasts on the side no i freaking podcast almost every day of the week i mean i think i put out 25 episodes across my shows last month uh you know i'm up to over 200 on short time uh i've got 20 on odu i've got 21 on virginia tech i mean i'm just start they're starting to pile up i mean i'm, I'm approaching i'm over half a million podcast downloads lifetime so you know the stats are cool but I don't, I, I just get that. It's that feeling of accomplishment you get when you put something out that you like. And, you know, sometimes you do, you do something you don't like. And Daniel has spoken on this numerous times that, you know, he'll start over and do a whole show over again because he wasn't, you know, there wasn't that stamp, that seal of approval that you're happy with. And when you put out a good product, whether it be you write a good story, you, you, you do the perfect cup of coffee if you're a barista. If you do something and you, there's a lot of pride in your work, and that's it's something with me, I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that I'm able to create content that in my sport is extremely unique. Yeah, there's a lot more podcasts now uh, since I started my network than there were two years ago. But, I, you know, I don't get annoyed at the fact that other people are starting shows in the sport of wrestling. That's that, that to me 
shows that this medium is growing, and I'm glad that I was kind of on the ground floor within my sport about it. But it just something about this medium and the you know you know Steve talked about it with the uh, or Dave talked about it. Your your graphics are messing me up here, uh, <laughs> but the uh, you know talking about the family, you know David Roller Derby. It's like. I was in that community. I know how that community reacted. That's why I fell in love with that sport. Podcasting has been the same way. And, uh, you know, it's this, this medium, it, it means so much to the independent journalist, to the person who now is setting off on their own to create their own legacy. I mean, for years I was trying to figure out what's my legacy in the sport of wrestling going to be. And I thought it was going to be taking over a wrestling magazine that had been around for 50 years. I did that for a year and a half and I got caught in the middle. You know what? Mad Talk Online was what I created when I was in college as a high school wrestling website. Now I've had the opportunity to rebrand it with podcasting as its centerpiece. It's wrestling's home for podcasting. So, you know, there's podcast questions. Daniel gets some from, from everybody and Dave and Ray. I get them from the wrestling community. So the fact that I've been able to embrace that, I just, I, you know, I get really talkative about it. I get, I get excited talking about podcasting and it's not because I'm a super tech nerd or anything. I know enough to be dangerous, but, uh, you know, I'm not a tech. I'd consider myself somewhat of a tech guy, but I'm not. I'm just like Joe sports fan in a lot of cases with some professional journalistic training. And I'm able to create. And this is a medium that allows me to create, show my creativity, show my professionalism, show how much I can give to my own community of the sport of wrestling. So, again, long answer to a short question. And I kind of ramble there. I think you make great uh, uh, points that. I don't want to say this. You know, you certainly have that drive and passion about what you're doing. Now, aside from that, would you guys not agree that too many people get into this space without that drive and passion? And that is truly a killer of death when it comes to producing a podcast. Oh, yeah. We we talk about passion in podcasting so much that people probably roll their eyes every time they hear. Yeah, yeah, I know. I have to have a passion. But it's true because you are speaking with your voice. You can't hide if you're not passionate about this or if you don't care about what you're sharing. And because you're speaking with your voice, your emotions will be contagious. So if you are negative, if you are lacking that passion or you have the absolute opposite and you're getting negative uh, passionate, then that will be contagious with your audience and they will reflect some of that back on you. They'll reflect that in other ways. And you're not improving their lives if you're not coming to the microphone and bringing passion to it. Now, yes, there are times where you might be hosting a podcast that you're not absolutely passionate about it, but you're getting paid to do that podcast. So maybe your passion is that you're getting paid. <laughs> your passion is the paycheck, not necessarily the actual work. Many people are in jobs that they're not going to say, I am absolutely passionate about this, but they recognize the job is a means to a paycheck. So yes, there are those instances, but if you're starting podcasting on your own, it's not something you are directly being paid to do. You need to have that passion or else people will see right through that and they're not going to be interested in connecting with you. You know, it's very interesting. A lot of times people ask me something like, oh, for example, uh, what's the most difficult thing about podcasting or, you know, those kinds of questions. And my typical response is, you know what? The simplest and easiest part about the entire process of podcasting is recording your show. The difficult part and the hard work is the 
preparation. It's the recording. It's the editing. It's the post work. It's the social media. It's the distribution. It's all those things combined that people don't think of or are not aware of. For me, sitting here just jabbering and recording it is certainly the easiest part, but you got to consider the A to Z process. Yeah, I'd say one of the most one of the things I had to learn personally as a podcaster, and I'd love to hear some of your other guys' thoughts in the chat room about this, maybe what was the most difficult part of, of podcasting um, throughout your adventures. My thing was making sure I'm well prepared, like you mentioned, Steve, making sure I'm doing the research, making sure I understand the context of for, for our tech show, whether it be a social media, whether it be you know uh, tech advancements in education or aeronautics, whatever it is, it's not good enough just to get behind your mic and just kind of throw some words out there, especially if people are downloading your show, considering you authority or an expert or something on that topic. As far as preparation, that's I always made sure I did four, five, six hours of preparation just to do an hour show. You know, and, and I think you can't overstate the value of being prepared. Yeah, as you develop into a better podcast and you start to understand your tech or your niche or whatever it is, yeah, it may take you less time here and there. Um, but I still find myself, because technology can be quite a tricky industry, I mean, shoot, Steve, you and I have talked about the mergers with AT&T and Time Warner Cable and Comcast and all these things. It takes a lot of time to filter through uh, the news, the garbage, the good, the bad from all that stuff in order to present a good quality product on the other side. So that's one thing that I always, that I've learned through the podcasting career and what I tell people when they consider to start podcasting. One, yes, go through the technical uh, elements. Make sure you you listen to the podcast about podcasts to to have the best product out there. But don't underestimate the time you need before getting behind that mic so that a good quality, good value product is out there and available for others to to know. Because you're, you're, as Brian said, and, and Daniel, it's about putting your stamp of approval on it, you know, and you don't want to put out a product that's that's 50%. That's low quality. You want to make sure that when people see your name and your podcast, that what's behind it is just good, great, well-prepared, uh, presentable information. It's really we're hard. Not saying- Sorry, Daniel. Let me just jump in real quick. Uh, it's really hard to put a price on a, the feeling of accomplishment. That is something I think in any job anybody has. Uh, I know my first job, when I laid out my first newspaper page and made deadline, I felt awesome. And eventually I lost that. When I would, when I was writing every day, I'd write a great story and I get that feeling of accomplishment and then you lose it. This is a medium where every single episode, even if it's a rough episode, I think, you know, I get hype. We all get hypercritical, but can you really, you know, some people can put a dollar sign on, on the value, what they do, those of us who do shows that we are paid to do. But when there is that, you, I, I nailed an awesome show tonight. I had five people on, and, and this goes with that, that preparations. I, I break a lot of the rules. Like I, I kind of went in shooting from the hip, but I knew what we were going to talk about. And, you know, we had, I had an Olympic champion on the show tonight. We were talking about the world champions. And when we got done with that one hour episode, I hung up and, and we got texts like, and I get texts from everybody who's on the show, dude, you rocked it. It, it. That's that feeling of a month with my network. And I, I don't think you can put, put a price tag on that. Yeah, it's nice to, to be, for those of us, again, who get paid to do this, that's nice. But I don't do it for the money. I have found a situation where I can do something that that generates income. But 
when you put out an awesome show, when you put out an awesome article or that awesome cup of coffee, there's no price tag you can put on that. That's something that's here. It's not necessarily here all the time. The reason there are podcasts about podcasting and blogs about podcasting and podcast consultants and such is we want to help you with the tech so that you don't have to worry about it so much. I think the most common question I see in uh, free premium or free podcasting communities is what microphone should I get or what mixer or do I need this tech thing or that kind of stuff. The, the tech isn't the important thing. Yes, you should get the tech well, but it's really not hard to get the tech well. There are microphones that are very affordable. We recommend them often, like the ATR2100 that uh, Dave is using, Jason is using, and uh, I think, Jason, you're using it. 2000, well. AT2005. Okay, the 2005, a very similar model. But My 2100s are in the cup. With that, <laughs> with a microphone like that, you can start podcasting very easily. Don't focus on the tech. Don't spend hours and hours on the tech. Spend your hours and hours on your message thinking, what is the message I want to share? How is it I want to connect with my community? What kind of impact or difference do I want to make in people's lives with my podcast? You focus on that and it's okay if your first podcasts aren't absolutely great. In fact, they won't be. But when you focus on your message more than the tech, you'll start well and you'll resonate well with people. It's like there's that moment when we see someone speaking publicly where depending on how they come across, how transparent and authentic they are, there's that moment where we stop criticizing them and we start sympathizing or even empathizing with them because we've made a connection. And that's what you can do when you stop focusing on the tech and focus on that connection and the message to share. Great discussion, guys. And, uh, you know, we could talk this all night, but I already see the toothpick starting to break under Daniel's eyes lids there. So uh, I, I'm sure your beautiful oh, wife man is up, already... Daniel. Man up. <laughs> oh, wait, we got actually, a long I'm, day. I have this thing where I actually start to go blind at night. I wear contact lenses and my eyes produce extra calcium and it actually starts blinding me. The contact lenses fog over and it starts to get very hard to read things. Well, hopefully we're going to get all get some sleep before uh, too much longer. But we actually have another great session coming up. We have James uh, Parkinson in Australia that's going to be talking about the power of sports podcasting, which should be uh, a really great session. And folks, this stuff is going on. Can, I, I'm starting to sound like Jerry Lewis, right? It's going clear across. <laughs> it's going clear across the world, and uh, we just got amazing stuff. Go over to internationalpodcastday.com/slash/events. Check out the entire schedule. Schedule. Come watch them all, but certainly pick out your favorites and come back and watch those. Guys, thanks again and happy podcast day.